Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere. I've never been the type to make amends. If shit was at a we like to, we like to, we like to. Yeah. If shit was at an eight, we like to make it ten. One to set the scene, I'm going up all the way. I don't like to talk when there's nothing else left to say. Drizzy by the drop, the game is in disarray. I tell you, hear me out, but we both know end of the day. Your sister is pressing play, your trainer is pressing play. Your wifey, your wifey, your wifey, your wifey. I gotta breathe real deep when I catch an attitude. I got a whole other level that I can tap into. Max said they only blessed when they attached to you. The only dead beats is whatever beats I've been rapping to. And the product is still the best though. It's only good in my city because I said so. Just a 50 estate, man. I had to It's the Life of a Philly Fan podcast. I'm Aiden Powers. I'm here with Vince Sion. We're back with another big week of Eagles content as they hit a big stretch three straight real games. Before we get to all that. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss the elephant in the room. Is Steph Curry on the hot seat as the best three-point shooter in the NBA? Per my Twitter account, yes, he is. Did you did you tweet that? Because I actually had another. I know you like to plug your own Twitter, and I was going to plug you for another tweet that you had. Literally seconds after he hit the shot, I said, hot seat, hot seat Steph Curry. Wow. Somehow, even on the podcast where I'm going to shout out your own Twitter, you still beat me to it. Unbelievable. Well, you kind of... <laughs> subconsciously tweeted out or said what I tweeted. So that's on you. Great minds, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. The NBA and the the Warriors specifically, with Clay being out for most of this year, if not the entire year, they should be very lucky that JJ went to the Pelicans because we'd have the new Splash Brothers in the backcourt with JJ and Ben Simmons after that first made three. Absolute splash. That would be terrifying. How do you guard that? How do you guard it? You can't. You can't. Unbelievable. It's just, uh, it was so funny uh, to see the crowd react. I don't even know who they're playing, the Guangdong Tigers or somebody <laughs> like that. Um, I have no idea who this team is. But it's just so Philly to uh, to, to get excited and, and treat that like uh, the first Ben Simmons three-pointer against a Chinese team in exhibition like it was uh, Kawhi hitting that, that four-bounce buzzer beater in Game 7. Uh, it kind of was, wasn't not Ben Simmons hitting his first NBA three. What, like, that's what we've been waiting for. I think mental barrier wise for Ben, it probably felt like that. I don't know if it is for the he rest was, of us. I was, think maybe we have the same mental barrier as him now. He was ice cold after he hit that three too. Didn't even react. I can't even get into analysis of a game between a Chinese team and the Sixers. It was a pretty boring game. I think they're winning like 400 to 45 right now. Oh, man. As if the uh, the international waters between <laughs> and the international conflict between China and the United States because of basketball wasn't bad enough. Did you see what Spike gonna... tweeted? No. He said Ben Simmons decided not to listen to Silver and took a shot at China. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Strictly uh, ignoring the business decisions, just going straight for it. What a hero. What a martyr. It's just, it was so funny. Um, not only I'll take it one step further. Not only is it very Philly to get excited about a three-pointer in a preseason game against a team not from this country, um, but in like a span of ten minutes, it was absolute chaos because we had a trade rumor from some guy we've never heard of saying OBJ might go to the <laughs> might go to the uh, to the Eagles, and then Ben hits that three, and it's just absolute chaos on on Philly Twitter, and it's just so funny. We can take the smallest of things 
and turn it into like apocalyptic chaos. Uh, counter argument: Neither of those things are small. Room, Twitter rumors about guys who just got traded and might be traded again. Definitely, I mean, come on. I, 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 he had a check mark. He did have a check okay. mark. <laughs> he did. That's true. He did have a check mark. And if you have a blue check mark, that means you are right in all things possible. And that means you can go into other celebrities' DMs and comment section and reply to them just for the sake of getting your clout up. That uh, is what blue checks do for you. In reality, though, I think that would be a terrible idea. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's talk about it because, I mean, it's worth discussing at least, you know. Um, I'm with you. I kind of share the same viewpoint with OBJ as I did originally with Jalen Ramsey. What's the cost? And for a team that is going to have to build at multiple positions, we don't have many draft picks to sacrifice. So... I don't know. Is that your line of thinking? Is that why you're not too keen on the idea of bringing him in? Yeah, but like we won't even talk about like OBJ, the person. Like it's going to cost a lot to get him to this team. And what the hell do we need more receivers for? Well, Nelson Ag- replacing OBJ or replacing Nelson Aguilar with Odell Beckham is pretty much like taking your Toyota Camry in, and they're like, hey. Um, you can kind of upgrade. It might cost a little bit, but we do have this Ferrari setting on the lot. If you want to take that and trade the year in your 2012 Toyota Camry. So, I mean, right there would be an upgrade, but, um, I, like you said, what's the cost? Yeah, but like probably too high. If you like don't really have enough money for the Ferrari, the Camry's still going to get you to work. It might get you to work, but it might have a few tire issues. That's fine. The reliability of, of the tires might, uh, might cause you to have some bumps in the road on your way to work. Yeah, but then your wife drives an Alshon Jeffrey, and then your kid's got a car that's the Deshaun Jackson. and he, Who's hurt? Yeah. It's or the hand- not hurt. There's engine troubles. Yeah, there's the, that's the hand-me-down car. It's a little the older. Hand me, yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the one you just have it because the kid's younger, and you don't want your insurance rates to skyrocket, so you give them that piece of shit 2002 yeah, car. Exactly, but all of them, yeah. all of them work, you know? But they all, yeah, they all work. Um so I think that'll get shot down pretty quick. Yeah. Can't wait to tune in next week, and he's on the Eagles wearing a $2 million watch or something on the sideline. Um, but I think price-wise, not only salary cap, but as well as um, draft picks, I don't think we can pull it off. And as far as you kind of mentioned it, do we need him? I don't know. Do we need a corner? Oh, my God, yeah. Um, so if we're going to make a splash – I'd still say Jalen Ramsey is the big name to target um, of all the fish in the sea. Yeah, it needs it needs to be Jalen Ramsey, and I can't I don't want to say Jalen Ramsey or nobody else, but but I, I mean kinda, I'm sure yeah. there's I'm sure there's cornerbacks that they can trade for that would help the team, and you only have to give up like a, like a fifth or something like that. But like adding Jalen <sighs> Ramsey would take this team to the next level. I just that's so true. That is so true, and that's the point. That's why I, I was out on Ramsey at first, and then I started. I took a step back, and I was looking around the league, and I was looking at the teams, and I was stacking up the Eagles compared to some other teams. They're, they're a piece away. It's just how it is. And I'm going to say something right now that may ruffle a few feathers, especially after this weekend. The Cowboys are still really good. Shit on Dak all you want. I know they lost. They got dominated by the Packers, a really good Packers team. They're still really good. And yeah, that that's Packers a Green Bay team is second. really good. Like it's a really good Packers team that beat them. Like, <laughs> yeah, real really quick on the Packers. Team. 
<laughs> they're a really good team, and it's just like on Sunday they figured out, holy shit, we have a running back who can run the ball to go with Aaron Rodgers, who's a magician. I know Matthew Barry has been like the king of free Aaron Jones, but it was just like this weekend everyone realized, oh, my God, that guy really is good. Yeah. And they just, weren't blowing smoke. And just that team in general is just, you know, so good. Like, the Pack might be one of the best teams in the league, the Packers. Like, just such very a good, good. team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm very – like, I can see – if it was the NFC Championship and it was Eagles-Packers in a rematch, I said that as soon as the game ended. I was like, this could – I could see this game happening again come January. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing is they are a very good team, like you said. One area of, of – strength for them would be the secondary much improved and they kind of got shredded now the cowboys were in a situation where they had to pass 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 to get back in the game but i'll tell you what if the eagles are ever in that situation i am terrified even with the i think the packers were up like 28 3 31 10 i'd still be terrified i don't see anyone on this roster sticking with amari cooper come week seven and right now, I think you need to take a step back as far as uh, in regards to Jalen Ramsey and say to yourself, if he's on that team, you have no concern. If he's not on this team, you have one concern that could cost you. In a situation like that, a team could let you up, could let your secondary up. And it, it only takes one big play, too. You're down, like you said, like 28-3. to three. One big play, the momentum completely shifts if you know you have a bad secondary. You're like, oh, there it is. Exactly. And, and you're more susceptible game, to the life sucked out of the stadium, like... Exactly, but even more so on the road, you give a team momentum. Mm-hmm. You saw the Cowboys start to pick it up in the second half on Sunday, where and it was big plays. Amari Cooper, big touchdown. They hit Michael Gallup down the sideline. All of a sudden, two quick home runs. I think the uh, the drive where Amari Cooper scored was two plays. It took 40 seconds. Um, I can see I, – I feel bad shitting on the Eagles' defense after their performance on Sunday. Um, but let's be honest. It, th- this Cowboys team is pretty good. Do you have what it takes to stack up to the, that kind of level of play where it could be two plays, 40 seconds, home run, touchdown? And I don't know. I'm a little bit concerned. Yeah, I'm, I've never been more confident shitting on the Eagles defense than after that game because how good the D-line played showed how bad the secondary is. In a way, yes. I think everything about that game, people have said it, but noth- it showed nothing about the Eagles to me. No, not that, at all. That was a confidence booster. It's like the scene in Longest Yard when Adam Sandler is like, when the warden asks Adam Sandler about his football team and getting it going, he goes, yeah, well, we always used to start the season against Appalachian State, and we'd kick the shit out of Appalachian State to get everyone feeling good. That's exactly what the Eagles did on Sunday. Yeah, Everyone's that, feeling good. The defense needed that boost. I'll give them that. Uh, they needed to play a really shitty Jets team and just um, get, them, get the confidence up in the locker room. Yeah, like the – championship teams kick the shit out of the bad teams like when the when the 2017 eagles put up like 50 on the on the broncos like yeah and we're in a very (laughs) we and we're in a very similar situation that year we played the niners and we actually scored 31 in that game as well and i believe it was either 31 nothing or same situation they might have got one score and everyone was talking about this is so sloppy. Uh, and it was the game where uh, Doug was on the sideline. He was like, you, if you guys don't pick this up, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind <laughs> or oh, something yeah. like that. That was the <laughs> that first was that I game. Cur- like, I thought before right then, I thought Doug was a little bit of a soft. Like, I thought he was kind of soft. And then I, yeah, like I a, heard that. Yeah, like gosh to heck type. Yeah, and I, I, then I heard that. I'm like, oh, okay, we might have a football coach. Like, 
we might have a football coach. Yeah. Similar game, though. It was a bad team. We were playing a backup quarterback at home, a 1 o'clock game. Um, and we really looked lethargic and still beat them badly. Same thing on Sunday against the Jets. Um, so it was one of those things where, like you said, if you're a good team, you beat a bad team, and you don't even need to look like a good team doing it. Yeah. And I'm, 10 sacks is a lot of sacks. Um, That's a lot. If you've ever played NCAA 14 or really any of the NCAA games, Vince, did you ever play those? Was that Were you that or a Madden guy? Uh, I was Madden, but I'm mostly not a video game guy. Oh, I see. You know, I like well, Madden outside. too. Like you could do engage eight and always get a sack, but there's a few glitches in NCAA where if you line up your defensive end right when it's like third and 11, you're going to get a sack. Oh, yeah. No, I do that in Madden <laughs> all the time too. I'm always like one of the uh, one of the DNs like on the outside, and I'm always like, I like put on the setting where you're not allowed to jump offside, so I'm just like hammering the button. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, there's a few glitches that if you work it right and you line up right, you're gonna get a sack every time. You can clip uh, through that's the pretty much line and get right to the quarterback. And the Eagles did that in real life because Adam Gase might as well be as bad as a computer. That would Jim Schwartz needs to be suspended for what he did to Luke Falk. Yes, I felt honestly, I felt bad for that guy. Um, I won't take him out. <laughs> Well, I mean, what other option do you have? Well, he was hurt. Well, who, Luke Falk? Yeah, they hit him too much. He got hurt. Oh, that he did have to go into the injury tent. That yeah, that's true. That yeah, like that's a point of like we talk about player safety all the time in this league. I mean, you're just letting a guy go back there and get murdered. I, if Adam Gase even makes it the full 17 weeks of an NFL season, I'd be shocked. They already had their bye week. They're, I mean, they're just going straight on out from here. There's just no way that guy makes it 17 weeks. What a horrible coach. Um, it was bad. I mean, I could have told you from day one he was going to be a bad coach. The, the press conference, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fun season for them. Yeah, just you could see everything coming a mile away. Le'Veon Bell looking, like, hopeless. The team looking terrible. Yeah, Can't say I saw well. Mono coming for the quarterback, but, yeah, th- this was coming a mile away. Things went too well for them in the offseason for things to go well. Jets and Browns, mm-hmm. the football gods were like, whoa, 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 whoa. You guys aren't allowed to be good. What do you think you're doing? And just have shit on them ever since. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and you know what? It leads to games like we saw on, on Sunday where the Eagles, we, we talk about the defense, the offense, everyone's been concerned. This type of game happens in college all the time where the talent gap is so huge you see a blowout with the team really not even trying and going through the motions. I'll give you a perfect example. I'll keep it local. Penn State a week ago, they went on the road on a short week, prime time, um, for a big game. Sound familiar? Going on the road, prime time, big game. Mm-hmm. They played Maryland. Maryland shut their entire freaking school down so the kids could go to the game. That's how big that they treated this game. Playing Aaron Rodgers is pretty much the equivalent of that. Penn State brought their A game. Beat them up. Scored 50-plus. Offense looked A-plus, efficient as humanly possible in both the run and the pass. Sound familiar? Uh, I think I've heard this one before. Big moment, bringing your biggest focus on a short week because you need it, and you know your opponent's going to bring their best. Similar. Now, fast forward to this Saturday. They play Purdue at home, noon game. Everyone's half asleep coming into the stadium. Purdue's playing with a backup quarterback lethargic they get up to a 21 nothing lead and just coast the rest of the way that is what the eagles did you just don't see it in the nfl as much because there isn't as wide of a talent gap as there is in college 
The Eagles offense kept it basic. They kept it standard. They went through the motions, and no one got hurt. They got out of the game. They took care of business. They are tied for first place. That's all it takes. You may not see it often in the NFL, but when it comes to Adam Gase, the Jets, and Luke Falk, they made themselves look like Purdue in a noon game. I think the most important thing you said there is that no one got hurt. No one got hurt. That was the biggest win of Sunday. That is what you do in, in, in games against bad teams. You get out of it. You take care of business. You get the win in the win column. You move on. And you get ready for next week with all 53 guys that you got ready with the week before. That I've, I'm not used to that. I'm used to uh, being, okay, who are we going to replace so-and-so with this week? And then seeing who they sign on like a Tuesday afternoon from the practice squad. We did sign a cornerback to the practice squad. That ritual continues into this week, <laughs> which was really funny. But, yeah, you're right. And uh, we've been making fun of the uh, did not practice report or practice in a limited role and how long that list was. It's getting shorter and shorter. We're getting there. We're going to get there soon enough. Deshaun, Timmy Jernigan, maybe Ronald Darby. I don't know. We're getting there. Um, I, I just wanted to pro- – did you like – them signing Orlando Skandrick back. Uh, well, I liked it a lot better when he stripped Luke Falk and ran it in for the in, for the touchdown. Yeah, but I feel like any veteran would have done that. Well, I think it's one thing to have like a veteran there. They have a bunch of young guys running around. Um, Sidney Jones hasn't been healthy. He really didn't even play. Craig James got the snaps, but that's a guy you signed off the practice squad. Rasul Douglas, who's still young, has form- become your number one corner in this time of need. So having a guy who's played and the NFL and played meaningful snaps, I'm totally okay with him being on the team. I know he's not. He's like the Jordan Matthews of cornerbacks. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Fair? Yeah, so that's very fair. And then the Herman Edwards thing was great. <laughs> True. Uh, but going forward, I mean. You need, the, you need to sign a legitimate corner. Yeah. yeah. And I really don't know who's available. We, we talked about Jalen Ramsey. I doubt that Patrick Peterson gets traded in a rookie year for your quarterback. You, you don't give up the year that you just went out and had the number one overall pick. That usually doesn't happen. So you don't think you're going to get Patrick Peterson. Um, Xavier Howard's not going to get traded from the Dolphins. That's the one guy that they're committed to financially. (laughs) That's so annoying. It would actually hurt them. Yeah, they would lose. I looked into this. They would lose money, like a, a legitimate, like ridiculous amount of money if they traded him. And just having dead cap space for no reason aside from being bad. So he's not moving. Only other name I can think of is Chris Harris from the Broncos. That might be something to pay attention to. I know he's 30 years old, um, but they're one and four with Joe Flacco as their quarterback. If you could get another pick in there, a middle round pick, if you're the Broncos, why not? That'd be the name to look at. I don't think 30's too old, for, especially for a team like this where we're trying to win now next year, year after. Especially not. I doubt that it would take a, a ton to get him. Um, so, like, if you're. I don't want to give up first and second round picks is what I'm concerned about. If you're giving up a, a fourth round pick for a guy like that, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call into WIP and scream my head off. Yeah, no, you, you can give up a running back you've never heard of. Oh, speaking of running backs that <laughs> that uh, we may never hear from again, do you want to say any final words and say um, a farewell, a touching farewell? To your good friend, Corey Clement. Yeah, to, to the guy I got my hair cut next to twice. Um, 
you know, it was nice having having a hometown guy on the team for a while. I, I was always rooting for him. He was a solid player. Can't complain about him. But then you get two, two solid actual running backs for the first time in God knows how long since Darren Sproles was, like, younger. You know, it's time to move on, you know? This is supposed to be a eulogy, but it sounds like I'm breaking up with the guy. Either one, whatever you want it to be. It's, it's sad to see. It's not you, like, it's him. We'll always have that time where he definitely wasn't out of bounds in the Super Bowl when he caught that touchdown. <laughs> we'll always have that time. It was definitely a catch. And he set up the Philly special. People, he did for, set up the Philly people special. forget that. He did set that up. Now it's third down, 50 yards. It's, it's, it's a sad day, but the time has come. The time comes for everybody. It's so not it's, goodbye. It's a sad it's time, but it's a happy time. You get signed to the practice squad. Some some team that needs a running back is going to come get him. It, it, this will be a Kenyon Barner situation. Yeah. He'll, you, we'll play some team from the AFC at 1 o'clock, and I'll be like, oh, so that's where he ended up. That's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, We're good. a few weeks away from that, and by next season, absolutely. Yeah, that dude from NBA 2K is going to be like, and Corey Clement's back for the return, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my! Oh, who is it? I forget. Kevin Harlan. It's not Dick Stockton. Kevin Harlan. Yeah, you're right. I always get. He'll so be di- calling the game. I always get so distracted when he's the announcer because I'm like, who is this? Why do I know this voice? And because he's not doing basketball, I can't associate it. It throws my brain off. I'm very much expecting like a Derrick Rose Chicago Bulls game at mm-hmm. eight o'clock versus the LeBron Miami Heat or the Celtics, and then he comes on and he's doing like the. Uh, the the Eagles uh, and they'll be playing like the Bills and I'm like, well, what is going on? This is not what's supposed to be happening. The same thing will happen on like the rare occasion where Tom McCarthy's doing a game. Yeah, that throws me off too. And he always gets like the one o'clock CBS games too. Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like what is this? What Why is... do I know this voice? Yeah, right. I'm like, I haven't. I've heard this guy 162 times this year, <laughs> but I still can't put my finger on it. Where is this guy from? Yeah, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, Tom McCarthy, when he's done calling baseball next year, he'll be ta- calling a ton of uh, Corey Clement games in the in the AFC for like the Bengals or somebody. Oh no, you know what, Bengals? That's where he's going. He can't go absolutely. And you know why? Because AFC North, we play them next year. It'll be perfect. So we'll be we'll be playing Cincinnati, and we'll all say, "Oh, that's exactly where he was. I totally forgot that he was there." And then we'll clip this and put it in just to prove everyone how right we were. I can't wait. I, I've never been more confident in anything happening than that. Is this and how the Lions game was going to turn out? That yeah, <laughs> that yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the Lions I was even more confident in, which is pretty sad. But here we are. We live and we learn, and we say farewell to a good friend. Yeah, it was fun. Farewell. It was fun. Farewell. All right. So. Last thing to touch on. Actually, I have one thing at the end for you that I know you're going to hate. Yeah. Um, but let's get into this stretch. I just said and went on this spiel and this rant about the offense and how it's okay to look bad against the Jets because it's the Jets and you just need to get out of there unscathed. This is the perfect game coming up where you say to yourself, are we good or not? If the offense looks bad on Sunday – then you do the red flags. Then the sirens go off. If you look good, you should be feeling really good. The Jets game is not the game to worry. This is the game where you want to focus, and you should be worried if they don't look good. Uh, I want to make the argument where like the only thing 
that we have to talk about is the fact that the Eagles are three and two, so Kirk Cousins can't beat them. But I was literally that was going to be my next analogy. It's like perfect. I'm glad you brought it up. But I mean, the offense, like the Eagles' offense, has nothing to do with Kirk Cousins, so they're going to have to score. So this is like yes. I'm, I have a pretty good feeling that they didn't really prepare at all for the Jets game, which they didn't need to. Or you don't kinda, get cute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, you don't get cute against the Jets. You just mm-hmm. run as basic a game plan as you can. Yeah, like every time that the Eagles go out to punt, I'm like, is this the day Doug runs a fake? And I didn't think that once during the Jets game. No. it would. Yeah, you were just like, oh, my God, can like just run the ball, eat the clock, let's get a field goal, let's get some points, let's feel good. This week, it's a little bit different, and you're playing a pretty good Vikings defense, but you brought it up with Kirk Cousins. He's the ultimate barometer, right? So he's a guy, he loses the, to bat, or to good teams, and then he wins against, or he loses against good teams, he wins against bad teams. So are you good or are you bad? It depends on if you win or lose versus Kirk Cousins. It's the Kirk Cousins test. Like, do you beat Kirk Cousins? Yes, you're a good team. And if you lose, then you might be a bad team. He's the ultimate litmus test. He's like acid versus uh, (laughs) a... Yeah, acid. What's the other one? Acid and base? Yeah. It's like uh, the pH test. The P- yeah, pH test. One of them's acid. I think the other one's base. Yeah. Uh, uh, chemistry, 11th grade. That was a long time ago. But he's like the perfect. I know seven is like the ultimate litmus. He is seven to signify his seven and nine status every single year. <laughs> There's just something about this is, that has nothing to do with the game. But Case Keenum ending up with the Redskins is so funny. Where like the Kirk Cousins, like. If Kirk Cousins was a Pokemon, it'd be like Case Keenum, Kirk Cousins, and like I can't even think who the third one would be. <laughs> Colt McCoy. <laughs> yeah, it'd be Colt McCoy, Case Keenum, Kirk Cousins. That's exactly what it would be. And they Pidgey, completely... Pidgeotto, Pidgeot. <laughs> Colt McCoy, Case Keenum, Kirk Cousins. They're, they're the just, evolution of Pokemon. <laughs> they're just three of the same guy. They're just they evolutionize into just a more mediocre version. And that is perfect. Yeah, because like everything the Redskins do is just hilarious. But the fact that Kirk Cousins ends up in Minnesota, and like it's like the replacing case. Yeah, Kino. the completely like a completely mediocre team assigns a completely mediocre quarterback, and now the Eagles get to beat them again. Hopefully, hey, we did lose to them last year, and you know what? It was a classic game last year where we beat ourselves. We just there, there were penalties, and if you remember, uh, it was the uh, the famous picture of the guy stripping Wentz, um, and then running it back like seventy yards, and then he needed an oxygen tank on the sideline because he looked like he was gonna die, and we just turned it over. There was like a weird penalty on Michael Bennett where he like lightly grabbed Kirk Cousins' leg. We got a fifteen yard penalty. They score a touchdown going into the half. So but hopefully, what I'm, hearing, what I'm hearing is that the Vikings didn't beat the Eagles. No, exactly. And that's the only way that we lose on Sunday. Same kind of situation. We brought it up. Are you good? Are you bad? If awesome. you make a ton of mistakes and you lose, you might be a bad team. Also, if you win year, and you play your game. Exactly. They, they That was the stretch where it was up and it was down. They'd win a game, they'd lose a game. They were coming off a Thursday night win against the Giants that year. They beat a bad team and they beat them uh, pretty handily. I think it was like 35 to 13 or something like that. Really dominated and then they come back the next week at home primetime game against the Vikings, they lay an egg, have a ton of mistakes, ton of flags, have a few t- turnovers. 
and then all of a sudden you're losing to Kirk Cousins. So that's what, on, on Sunday, are you going to have a ton of penalties? Are you going to get a roughing the passer that leads to a touchdown going into halftime? Is Wentz going to get stripped twice? Or are you going to play your game? Are you going to run the ball, control the clock, put Kirk Cousins in a situation where he's under pressure and has to throw to get them into the game and win? Are you a good team or are you a bad team? I think they're a good team. I don't think Doug, obviously you never want to lose a game, but I think Doug really doesn't want to lose this game. And I don't think anyone does really. But no, not Andrew not Sandeo going in specifically. Him, I don't like that he's on this team. I'll just say that I can't even get a read on him. Like, I it, don't know. Like, it, I can't tell if I like him or not. Well, you know what it is. Every time I watch him, he does something stupid. Especially in that in that Packers game. Like his his defense while he was covering Jimmy Graham on that little uh, that little touchdown play where he kind of ran like the uh, – he got him with the fake, and we brought the blitz, and it was just Sandejo that was left to pick him up. It was horrible. And then, obviously, friendly fire, he knocks Avante Maddox out of the game. Not entirely his fault. Like, I'm not holding that against him. But then, like, the commentators always hype him up. Like, Joe Buck was just raved about him. I think that's more why than I Aaron Rodgers. I think they're tricking Exactly. Him. I, I know it's like a mind game, and I think it's like we're living in this media-controlled world where this is like some Chinese government censorship. First they got Daryl Morey. Now they're getting us with this Andrew Sandeo thing. I think I'm onto a conspiracy theory. All of us were watching the game as fans, and we're like, wow, this guy stinks. And then all the announcers tell us, you know who I really like, who always plays hard, who always brings it, and a great veteran pickup? Andrew Sandeo. And then you start to think to yourself. Uh-oh. Is he, is he good? Am I wrong? They got us. They got us. They got us. I, I, I've been duped, bamboozled, led astray. Hoodwinked. All for Andrew Sandejo. But um, hopefully he just, you know what? He can shake hands and take pictures at the end of the game. Hopefully there's not many uh, stains on his jersey and not much sweat on his back. I don't yeah. want to see him on the field very much. Don't need him out there. No thank you. So... It looks like 70% of the public is taking the Eagles plus two and a half, which is disrespectful, but it's only because the Vikings are home. Yeah, you know what? They're, they're home. Dalvin Cook is an incredible runner. They had the blueprint earlier this year where they realized Kirk Cousins sucks. We should probably hand it off to our really good running back. And that is a dangerous place to be at when you're an opponent of the Vikings, when they realize Kirk Cousins sucks. Yes. When they start trying to have him win games for them. Well, last week, they, well, he got criticized and for, for him throwing because he was so bad. And then come back against the Giants, he throws for over 300 yards. Adam Thielen's all happy. So hopefully we're getting the game where it's like, all right, we're back. Kirk Cousins, he's good again. You saw what he did last week against the Giants. He can throw. Let's do it. And then he throws two picks. He'll have a, a sack where he trips over his own feet. That's what we got to hope for. We got to hope where we're in the Kirk Cousins cycle where he get, he's getting bad again. Yeah, it's going to take one bad play, and I think the whole thing unravels for them because they're on shaky ground as it is because no way Stefan Diggs wants to be there. And Adam Thielen hates Kirk Cousins' guts. You can't, you you can't can, convince me otherwise. You, you can tell when a team doesn't like a guy. There's just no way – that team can rally around Kirk Cousins. There's just no way. There's no way anyone There's no can rally way. around Kirk Cousins. And, and no, and I like those fans. Like it'll take a ten nothing lead, 
and you're going to start to see heads go down. You're going to see the energy get drained out of the crowd. I know we, we talk about the Eagles getting off to a quick start every single week, especially with their troubles in the past. But if there was ever a week to get out to an early lead, it is this one. Because mm-hmm. this is a team, they are basically begging. They are starved of a reason and an excuse to quit on Kirk Cousins. It's week six, and that fan base looks like they want to quit on him. Uh, we just need to put the final nail in the coffin. This is it. Let's just do it for him. I think even They don't want him. I they think, think he's overpaid. I think even Rex Spec Jesus doesn't want him on that team. Like, I <laughs> what a nickname! Did you come up with that? Is I, that... Think, I think I did. I don't want to take. I don't take credit if someone else came up with it before me. But I think it's pretty good. We'll just say that you took it. Yeah. If or, or not, you took first, it. You made me it. and them are also uh, pretty smart people. There um, you go. But I don't think anyone wants him there. Like, how can you want Kirk Cousins on your team? It's hard to have hope. Like you know, like you know what it is at this point. You know what you're getting. You know what the product is that you're getting. I'm trying to think of, of equivalents, but it's just not exciting. He's, it's he's, like turning on HDTV and you're like, all right, House Hunters is on again. He's that one. So much House Hunters. He's that like, one he, great value product that you swear by. That like you like you will only buy the store brand of this one product where like it's the store brand, but it works fine. Yeah, it's a store brand. It like it get. You're right. It gets the job done when it needs to. It's not flashy. It's nothing to get excited about. It's not the most important item or your favorite item, but you have it. Yeah, it only like costs eighty four like, million dollars. It's not bad. Yeah, like you don't want to buy like the store brand cereal that comes in the bag, where like it just doesn't hit right. But like he's the kind of thing where like, I, like I can buy like store brand Lysol wipes. Like you know what I mean. Exactly. Yes. Kirk Cousins is the store brand Lysol wipes of quarterbacks. And I don't think there's a better way to sum that up. That's it. And if you can't beat the store brand version of Lysol wipes, you don't deserve to make a Super Bowl run. I think that's a very fair statement that every single fan in the NFL would agree with. I think that is very fair. And he, like we said, he's the litmus test. So if you do beat him, you know you're a good team. Ultimate litmus test at a very important point in the season, going on that three-game road trip. It's week six. Things are starting to become clear as far as the contenders and pretenders. We're right there. You're right. This game could not have come at a better time. This is like not a pop quiz, but this is just like your uh, midterm exam, I guess you could say. Yeah, I like that. Or like it right. Could, it could go either way, but you feel pretty prepared. Yeah, you studied. You may sit down and <laughs> it may be one of those tests where you're like, what the fuck is this? Or you could be like, all right, I remember studying that. All right, I remember that Kirk Cousins like, does throw off his back foot and he will underthrow it by three yards and we will pick it off. Yeah, you're going to have to or, try when you take this test. Like, you, you're pretty sure you can get a good grade, but you're going to have to try when you sit down. You can't cram the night before this test. You have to, You have to do a little studying a few days before to get yourself in the right mindset that you retain all the information exactly and with that i think we can wrap up the preview for that now i was going to ask do you think we come out with a win in this litmus test do you think we get an a on the test um, for our midterm exam come when we do a show next week but i think given the circumstances i think that there is a better way and route to go to end the show vince when we do a show next week, 
will Gabe Kapler still be the Jesus manager Christ. of the Philadelphia Phillies? Uh, he should be. You know, it's not his fault that he had a terrible team. You know what I mean? Like, he could only do so much with the team that he had. That's the take that I've been having. And people calling uh, Bryce Harper overrated is just, like, my new favorite thing. Cause he's, because he if his, you do so, that that mean that shows that I know you didn't watch Phillies baseball. He had the year. most on-brand Bryce Harper season of all time. Very true. He hit like and, 260, 250. He had 30-something home runs. I think um, he had 100 RBIs, right? Like Easily. It yeah. was it was close to, I think it was 150. He ended with 115 RBIs? 110 or 115. Um, and then he, he did bat 260 and I believe 35 home runs. He ended up with 35. So 35, 110, 260. I mean. What else can you ask for? No one's hitting for average anymore. That's true. Yeah. And his, I don't know his on-base percentage off the top of my head, but I know it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just like he said, though, like it, Gabe Gapler, probably not the problem. It's not Bryce his Harper, fault that the, the rotation problem. stinks. That Aaron Nola had not his best year, and then there was no rest of the rotation. It's not his fault that Reese Hoskins isn't good at baseball. Sorry, like not not everyone can be like Scott Kingery's good, but you don't have anyone else at the other positions. Yeah, Andrew McCutcheon gets hurt. I don't even know what Gene Segura's look, numbers looked like at the end of the year, but I haven't heard like I didn't notice anyone complaining or celebrating him. So he probably was fine. Too it's it was too much of mediocrity for a lot of key pieces. Yeah, and which is dreadful for Reese Hoskins. And none of it's Gabe Kapler's fault. He did what he needed to do, and it didn't work out. And if anyone should be fired, it's Matt Klintak. I totally agree. And it's so funny you brought up the starting rotation. It, they've somehow <laughs> made themselves look even worse without even playing. I, I've been uh, tuning into a little bit of the playoffs for, for baseball. It's just so funny to me. The Nationals trot out. Uh, they'll use their starters in relief. So they've used Corbin in relief. They've used Strasburg in relief. I think even Scherzer pitched in relief mm-hmm. um, the other night. In the wild the Dodgers game, to, I think, too. He started, and then they brought oh, Strasburg yeah, yeah, yeah. in. But I think Scherzer was the relief pitcher last night mm-hmm. um, when they or two nights ago when you hear this. Sorry. Um, to tie the series at two, I think. I think. Um, but they've been using starters out of the bullpen, and it's just so funny to me because I'm thinking, if this were the Phillies, this would be Vince Velasquez and Drew Smiley. Like These other teams are trotting out Patrick Corbin and Strasburg in relief. And if this were us in the playoffs, it would be Vince Velasquez out there. Good grief. What a joke. When you could have had Patrick Corbin. That is true. You could have had right. um you could have had Keuchel. You could have had Keuchel. Like we had Charlie Morton on the team. Yes, he, uh, yeah, that's one thing. It's one thing to not go out and get a guy. You had a guy. You had the guy. Are you kidding me? Oh uh, my god. Whoever they have up there scouting talent just isn't doing a good job at it. They no, not at all. I was I was looking at the rest of the NL East. I'm like, what are we gonna get? Our Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna, Pete Alonso, because we haven't gotten ours yet. I know. Well, we keep having to go out and spend money to find talent, and I think the same thing. And I I watch all these games, and they bring relievers in, and I'm like, oof, this guy, he's got some heat. Oh my god, guy throws 97, consistent 97. Oh my god, this guy's got some crazy stuff. 
When do you ever say that about a Phillies relief pitcher? Like, how are all these teams, how do the, the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Astros find all of this talent and the Phillies can't get one? We have, we've sucked for eight years and we have one starting pitcher to show for it. How is that possible? People are going to say, oh, well, look who's coming up, blah, blah, blah. No one's coming up. That's, no one is coming up because I, know, I have no I know. faith in this team's talent scouting. To where even if there is a name coming up, they're not going to be good. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's the scouting or if it's the development or, or like they're good when we get them and then we get them here and we suck at t- turning starting pitchers into legitimate quality major league starting pitchers. I don't know what it is, but it's just it's ridiculous to think that you could have that many picks. And actually, funny story, they don't even have that many picks as you would think despite sucking. They've given up a ton of picks because they signed Jake Arrieta, Carlos Santana, and then obviously Harper. I'm not going to complain about that. But they've actually given up a bunch of top picks to sign guys like that, forfeited the picks, so you can't even build. It's ridiculous. And even Carlos Santana had a good year this year. It's, it's, it is a huge red flag, and maybe it is development and not scouting. If When everybody leaves here, they perform better. Didn't J.P. Crawford have a good year, too? Yep. Carlos Santana, great year. J.P. Crawford left. He had a great year. J.P. Crawford was in Felix Hernandez's uh, send-off video, like standing next to him crying. I did not see. Well, I saw the video, but I was not focused on J.P. Crawford. I was focused on Felix Hernandez. Well, but, yeah, I mean, I, he was their starting shortstop, and he performed well. Yeah, my, like, emo Phillies fan self is like, it's J.P. Crawford. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're supposed to be enjoying the Felix Hernandez moment. And you're like, oh, I wonder what I wonder what J.P. Crawford's stats were this year. Was this trade worth it? Uh, you know, maybe it may have been, but that's beside the point. Um, I, it, but it's just like you could do. We could do an entire podcast on on, on stuff like that, where you're like, Did this move pay off. Is it worth it? Is there anything <clears throat> behind these guys? where it's going to bolster this roster after the trades. Who knows? But, I mean, just watching the the playoffs, to me, it's it's hilarious to think there was a point in which we thought this team could make a run and potentially be the wild card team. Just, it's hilarious. Looking at that roster talent can, and stacking it up to the, to the pitchers of these other teams, hilarious to me. Uh, say what you want about Ed Wade, which I'm going, I, I hate Ed Wade. <laughs> I had a very bad interaction with him, but he is a great talent scout. And the Phillies don't have an Ed Wade right now. Maybe not. And, you know, like you said, that's not Kapler's job to be. No, it's not. And it's Matt Klintak's, and they need to fire him and find someone that can scout talent. Yeah, well, it's him and then everyone under him. So if he's not performing, and then that means the guys under him are performing. It's a trickle-down effect all the way into the minor leagues. You already traded a few prospects. Sixto Sanchez was supposed to be your top pitching prospect. Okay, he's gone, and now you don't have any starting pitchers because you gambled on these guys at the top levels like Pavetta and Velasquez. That didn't work out. Now you're in a situation where you have to open up the checkbook for Garrett Cole and just say, just pencil in whatever or pen in whatever number you want. It's yours because we have no other option. And honestly, the ship is they, sinking. If they do that, like they have no other option than to just do that. They, they can't grow organically. They just have to open the checkbook, and John Middleton has to spend whatever it takes to make this a formidable uh, playoff contender. I mean, that's not sustainable long term. I'm half stealing this take from Joe Giglio, but trade Reese Hoskins for a starting pitcher. 
Trade him to the After AL. Season, what get does a he starting get pitcher. At this point, well, he, he he's he can hit. That's all he can do. So trade him to the AL. Get get yourself a starting pitcher, and then move Kingry to third, or sign Rendon. That's another guy. Could be. They need they need more than one superstar on this team. Well, you kind of have two. I mean, Ramuto and Harper, but I agree. <sighs> It's not enough. Like, you need that extra guy. Yeah. Real Muto is a superstar at his position. But, I, no, I'm with I'm with you on the Rendon thing. I would just consider Real Muto a, a superstar, too. Yeah, he's... He's a superstar at his position, but, like, if you have an elite-level talent to the point where we think he's probably number one at, at, at the catching position, like, I'm, I'm okay with considering him a superstar, but I'm with you. It's not enough. I think sign Rendon if you have to sign Garrett Cole... I, I don't know how you prioritize those. You're in a position where you kind of have to sign both if you even can, um, just because what other talent you have. Yeah, I just I have a bad feeling that the, the wheels are going to completely fall off of this and they're going to fire Kapler. They're going to keep Klintak, and he's going to sign someone to a long-term contract that's going to get like Tommy John on like day two of the season, and it's just not going to work out. I have a bad feeling. I agree. And baseball is one of those things. You can't fix it overnight. You got to grow. You got to plant the seeds in the minor leagues and harvest. And right now they're not harvesting the crops. So who knows where it's going to go from here. Yeah. It's not going to be a good, it's not going to be a good place if they keep, if they fire Kapler and keep Klintak. It's they, they're, they're going nowhere if that happens. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm very concerned. I'm sad that we, that we ended it on such a negative note going down the, uh, are the Phillies turning into a dumpster fire, especially on the day where Ben Simmons hit his first three-pointer? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's uh, hammer that back in. Ben Simmons hit a three today. Ben Simmons hit a three-pointer. If you take nothing else from this podcast, it's that Ben Simmons hit a three-pointer, Ben Simmons hit a three-pointer, Ben Simmons hit a three-pointer. All is well in the world, and the Phillies don't technically exist right now. Uh, Vince, anything else from you? I'm good to go. Nope. I'm ready for the litmus test. There's just the two Philadelphia teams and no other teams right now. There are two teams, and then the hockey team does have a mascot that I've heard of. Mm-hmm. So good luck to all parties involved. Congrats to Ben Simmons, and good luck on your midterm exam, Philadelphia Eagles. Why men great so they gotta be great? Woo. I just took a DNA test, turns out I'm 100% that bitch. Even when I'm crying crazy, yeah, I got boy problems as the human in me. Bling, bling, then I solve them, that's the goddess in me.
face 